0: Good day to all. Thank you for joining us at the Chai Academy. So we have been we've been discussing Judaism's view of strength, of, of honor, um, and um, today we're going to be discussing Judaism's view of wealth. Ezo Asher, as Ben Zoma said, Ben Zoma, Shimon, the son of Zoma said in the Mishnah, who is wealthy? Who is wealthy? And, um, and just like with the other things, Ben Zoma teaches us that it's not, it's not your conventional understanding. So for example, um, who is strong, right, is not Schwarzenegger, is not Andre the Giant or Incredible Hulk or or um you know it, it's it's nothing to do with that it's to do who's strong somebody who who can can actually control themselves so likewise likewise when 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 we um when we talk about wealth it's not it's definitely not about money definitely as as we'll discuss it's not about money 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 doesn't make you wealthy i think the, the i think the thing that really makes you one wealthy is 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 attitude, um, and that that is that is true wealth. So what? But let's look in the text. Ben Zoma, the son of Zoma, said, "Ezra Ashir, who is wealthy, happy with their lot." And and there's a number of ways of I think of explaining what he means, happy with their lot. Um, I think the most basic understanding is that you're not just Crazed and and relentlessly pursuing um, wealth. Just you know where, where you where you know you you work, you know 90 hours a week, and you're obsessed with it. And you 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 avoid, you know, sitting there, coming home for dinner because of it, or you um, cannot get away from the office um, on the weekends, etc. So somebody said, "Okay, I'm content. I'm content. I had I had a good week." have money, I'm gonna go home. So that's one way, one way of looking at it. Somebody who just has this drive, and and it's good to have a drive. A drive is an unbelievable thing. But a drive in excess is not. And that's what Benzoma is saying. There's gotta be a time in your life, in your day, in your week, where you're just content. You're content, I've done it, I, there's so much I can do. The rest is in God's hands. Right? There was, I forget which rabbi he says, who made this comment, which is so profound. He says, what good is wealth if it does not make you happy, right? And we find, and we find many, many wealthy people are miserable, right? The more, the more wealth you have, right, the more you're going to have to worry about someone's going to take advantage of you, the bigger the safe or the safe deposit box and um, and a bunch of you know legal documents wealth doesn't necessarily make you happy but but we have to so so that's what that's that's just the, the pr- practical literal explanation but I think there's more because he says somebody's happy with his lot not happy with someone else's lot but happy with their own lot and and um, that takes faith that takes faith in other words that God cosmic power whatever it is fate fortune uh, has been decided that I I'm going to make X amount amount of money this is a Jewish ethic I'm going to make a certain amount of money per annum or per month or per week and, and that's it and I'm happy with it I'm happy with it because if you say, God why does that person get to drive a Porsche and I don't get to drive a Porsche why does this person get to do this and I don't get to do that so that's that's a that's another problem that's jealousy that's coveting but it also shows a lack of faith in God so I'm happy with my lot I'm happy God whatever you give me I'm happy and by the way a person should be happy Um, as far as Judaism is concerned is that you make enough money so you can have a roof over your head, feed your family, send your kids to school, and uh, you know, and have a, not an ostentatious vacation, but have a vacation, have some good things, find the things in life within reason. That's it. Anything else is a distraction. So, so um, now, people, God has, has challenged people with, with less, challenge people with more. Both of them are as a challenge. I think there was a one time the Rebbe, Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Schneerson at a gathering, he once was talking about the challenges of wealth how it's so difficult to be wealthy. And then he asked, whoever wants to be wealthy, raise your hand. And I think only four people raised their hand because he, and they actually became wealthy. They got a blessing, they became wealthy. But the idea was, he says, it's a harder challenge than being poor. When your wealth comes power comes corruption right um right absolute power corrupts absolutely so um so just be just be happy with your lot and if you have your basic necessities and a little bit more so you can you can go on vacay and you you can give charity you should be extremely happy if god has provided you with more than that then realize it's not just because he likes you. It's because he trusts you. To he's given this money to you in escrow. Um, good afternoon, Ali. He's given this money to you in escrow for you to help others. And that's the way we view it. And um, so and, and you help others and you live a little bit nicer, that's fine. But but to, to, to squander it is, is, is not... You know, this is, remember, life is temporary. It's, you only li- you live once in this physical body, but realize that there's more to life than, than, than a, um, than Peter Lucas. right? So, so that's Chilko. You gotta be happy with what you're given because the belief is that God understands what's good for you. Sometimes you may, God may give you a little less that week, that month, that's a challenge. And you have to overcome sometimes it gives you more that's a challenge and you have to make sure that you um, don't squander it and you give a certain amount to charity etc i think another thing about Helko happy with his lot the, the the lot you're given is that there are many people most of us when we get something that we've never had before you know a, a um we buy something we buy something and a new car we're so happy that we have a new car and because we feel, wow, this is like, I'm, I'm so not used to having a new car. I've always had used cars. I'm using this as a benign example. And and a new car, is a novelty to me. But wow, how about when the new car becomes a chelko? becomes part of you? you know? Are you still happy you have a new car? Or now do you want an even newer car? And, and the Mishnah says it best, that somebody who has a mana, somebody who has one dollar wants two. Somebody who has a hundred dollars wants two hundred dollars. Somebody has a new car; I want a newer car. Someone who has a uh, this type of car wants a, and and so you have to be happy. You have to be content. Otherwise, it will drive you crazy. Otherwise, it will drive you crazy. Um, and 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 it's interesting. The son of Zoma says as follows: Um, that that how how um he says how do do you know he quotes a verse he says because you, you you that one should eat of the work of their hands and he explains that that um that hands work on your hands but not your head your head has to be above the fray you work with your hands and you try your best you do your best but you don't let your head be all consumed to the point where, oh, I, I made a million dollars this year. Shocks! last year was a million too. I made, right? Cause, and your head gets involved. Work with your hands and leave the rest to God. Do the best you can. But let's not get your head involved. And by the way, I always tell people, the litmus test, um, whether you run your livelihood, your work, your career, or if your career runs you is whether you can, comes Friday afternoon, Shabbat is coming, if you're a Jewish person, whether you can say, okay, it's 3.30, I gotta go home. Sir, but you have this call, that call, that call. If you can say, no mas, I'm done, I have to get home. Or forget religious things, Shabbat, but, I have to leave because my kid is in a play. But so you have a seven o'clock. Cancel it. My kid's in a play. If, if you can leave and you can get out and do the things you need to do, it's your responsibility, whether it's, whether it's a, a responsibility to mankind, to your family, to your children, a responsibility to God, whatever it is, then you know you run your work. If you can, and um, they say the, the best prayer, the, the one you're most rewarded for, Is not the morning prayer, which is the longest. Not the night prayer, but the afternoon prayer, because that's smack middle of the day. And you're going to have to take 10 minutes out of your day, leave the conference room, or delay your meeting, or work around your time, and pray the afternoon prayer. It doesn't take long. But if you can do it, it shows that God is more important to you than than meeting with, with the banker. So try and keep your head out of it. In fact, there's a Talmud, there's a fascinating, fascinating piece of Talmud. It says that every parent has an obligation to teach their child a few things. It's an obligation. One of them is to teach them Torah values, morals. Right? What does the Torah want from us? How to be the best person we can be. That's a. B, B. The second thing we have to teach our children is a career. Make sure that they are fit to go out to the to the working world. Have some skill. It could be a degree. It could be not a degree. I don't think that Thomas says you have to have, you know, a, a, a double masters. Just they have the ability to make money. If if they come to your business, then you know that's, uh, you know that's that's great. as long as it's not at the expense of uh, somebody who's been working for you for 30 years. Um, so you have to teach them a career. And the Talmud explains why, he says, if you don't teach them a career, they're gonna resort, have to resort to, to thievery. They have to resort to chickenery, to, 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 to um, you know, dis- deception. So therefore, you teach them a, a, a way to make money. An honest to God way to make money. And then the Talmud says, and you have to teach them how to swim. Because God forbid, if you don't teach them how to swim and they find themselves in the water, they can drown. So, it's, it's an elephant in the room. Swim. Swim. What about, teach them how to do CPR? Save a life. Save your kid's life. What about teach him self defense? What about teach him how to shoot a pistol? What about teach him, right? How 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 to how to dial nine one one? What's the swimming? What's the swimming business? What is it? Why why was that chosen? I mean, and we understand swimming is is, is important because, you know, if they don't learn while they're kids, it's difficult to to learn. And there's there's um, I'm going to take a course next week about water phobia how to teach if, if a woman has a, is nervous to go in, in the water, how does she go to mikveh, the ritualarian? So there are ways and there's somebody teaching the course and I found it fascinating. So swimming, why swimming? And why not any other important thing in our life? Like I've always maintained and I still maintain that in schools today, I think they can, they can in my opinion, that they can focus less on calculus and more on banking Right? How to use QuickBooks. I think they can focus less on algebra and and more on 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 um, how to save money. So I you know I believe this is just you know uh, so is swimming why swimming why swimming that's the bottom line that's the question, and the answer that's given is is um, I and I don't remember where I saw it, but the answer given is amazing. It says what is swimming, what is swimming. Swimming is your entire body is submerged in the water, the entire body. And your entire body is involved, your legs, you know, the the, the legs, and, and then your, 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 your uh, arms and your head, etc. However, one of the most important components of swimming is that you have to take your head out of the water to breathe. You can do this and do this. If you don't take your head out of the water, you're going to drown. You must, at some point, turn and, and, and breathe. And that's what the commentator says. Teach your kid how to live in this world with every part of them. However, the head must be raised above the tumultuous waters of life. Make sure they stay above the fray. Make sure that they remain aloof from nonsense. And they don't just they're not sheep and follow a crowd or, or, or um you know and, and descend into, into something that was terrible because everyone else did it. Keep your head above water and that goes in tandem with you know keeping it work with your hands and not with your head. There was a um, the fifth Albabacharebi actually, there's a story about him. And uh, the fifth Obhavacharebi he was there was this fellow who was one of his prize students in Yeshiva. He ran a yeshiva, and uh, one of his prize students got married and went to work. Left the yeshiva, which is reasonable. You know, you get married; you're no longer about you. You're gonna, you know, you you're planning to have a family, and and he went into the the um, he went into the rain boots business, basically different types of boots from you know to, to from mud. and and rain, etc. Eastern Europe, don't forget. And one of the things that he did was galoshes, which is like the totes over boots, right? Where where you have your regular shoes and you put these uh, rubber coverings over your shoe, walk in the snow, when you get to your office, you take them off and your shoes look as good as new. So one time he asked this guy, he says, I haven't seen you in a while, I haven't seen you Study in a while, haven't seen you. Pray in a while, where you been? He goes, I'm so busy with my new business, you know, of the the rubbers, the overshoes. To which the fifth Ababacher Rebbe said, overshoes, overshoes, I've seen. But overshoes over one's head, that I've never seen. Implying that you're so involved in these in these in these totes and these galoshes You're so involved that you can't even think straight. It's affected your head Realize what is it? It's an overshoe. It has to go over overshoes and let let it not dictate your life A person's career should not dictate their life Otherwise you won't be happy and Benzoma says Be happy um You know the 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 um, the Chafetz Chaim. Um, he was uh, he passed away, I think, in the thirties, and he was a great. He wrote the book about uh, about slander and gossip and how bad it is. He sort of revived that we have to stop entering, we have to stop gossiping and slandering others. So um, so so in he he was there was a, he heard somebody some he heard a conversation overheard a conversation. And the conversation went as follows. Um, person A said to person B, how's it going? So the person B says, thank God, it's going well. He says, you making ends meet. So the fellow responded, a little more from God wouldn't hurt. To which at that point, the Chavetz Chaim interjected. And he says, who said it wouldn't hurt? Who said, if you made a little more, it wouldn't hurt? Maybe it would hurt. Why don't you rely that what God is doing for you is correct? A little more wouldn't hurt implies you know more, you know better, right? Um, another, by the way, another, another comment that he was famed of saying was that um, if you if you lack time because of your career, then you're not even wealthy. You're not wealthy. You're unwealthy. Aside from being unhealthy, you're unwealthy because no time. Then you have no wealth. Once again, if you, it, it it dictates. So, how how does one how does one get to the point where they're happy with their lot, whatever whatever they've gotten, whether they've earned five grand this week, whether they've earned two grand this week, whether they had a bad week. great week how do you get to the point where you can just be happy so I think the first ingredient is faith second ingredient faith that you know I believe in God it's not random it's not happenstance I have to work because I have to do my part there's a partnership here I can't just say come on I have faith you have to do your work right there's also trust that God is doing what's best for you and then there's there's something else. There's another component here. Is that anybody who who has delusions of grandeur? I should be wealthy. I should be living in that house. I should be, um, you know, living on the nicest house in the, in the neighborhood. You know, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's my. You know, I I'm I, I'm deserving. I have the intellectual prowess. I have the work ethic, etc. Me, 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 me. So the, 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 the thought is as follows. And this is also the Chabad Chaim, by the way. The thought is as follows. When a person, when a person walks in the street and they're walking, plodding along on their own two feet and they're walking, walking one foot in front of the other and they see a flock of birds. Not for one minute, not for one second, does a mentally healthy person say, "I deserve to have wings and fly, instead of working on walking on this on, the, on this 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 dirty pavement. I deserve to fly. I deserve to to be able to have wings, flap them graciously, and and and." Um, You know, be able to to ride along, fly fly alongside the Long Island Railroad instead of being in the Long Island Railroad with with dregs of society. I should just be soaring. I should be able to do that. Now, a a normal person wouldn't think that. Likewise, I I, I think that we don't live in in a monarchy, which, by the way, today's President's Day, just on a tangent. I think we're talking about wealth. I think we have to give credit to George Washington, right, he could have been king. He could have been king of the United States, king of America. He could have had all the wealth, all the prestige, but he didn't, he wouldn't hear of it. You know, people were pushing him, Hamilton eh, would not hear of it, would not hear of it. We've left that, we're all equal. Um, tremendous, just tremendous that he gave up all that honor, he gave up all that wealth and we're talking about wealth today on, on, on presence. But So a, a, if you think, if you lived, you lived in the times of, I don't know, Henry VIII, and uh, you were a commoner, right? Or Richard the Lionheart, whatever, and you were a commoner, you wouldn't have in your wildest dreams that you're going to marry the princess, or you're going to marry the prince. You just wouldn't have it in your wildest dreams, because you know, you're know, you a bumpkin, you're a commoner, and it's not going to happen. And that's it. End the story. You don't ruminate and regurgitate, and and, and and you're not in a depressed state over it. You 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 accept and you move on. So the Chavetz Chaim says this is the attitude that a person must have. Right in terms of their social status. Remember, you have to work. Not working is unacceptable in in, in Judaism. But you have to have. You work, you do your best, rely on God and whatever happens. Right? And and if you say, Well God, I need to be I have to have as much money as Bill Gates, then you're a bumpkin. Then you're 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 delusional. Because clearly it's not in the cards for you, and you just have to be content with it. So, so bottom line is it all comes to faith. Aza Osha, who is wealthy, Hasame just if you're happy, you're wealthy. You can have millions upon millions and millions of dollars and be so miserable, right? I think of, by the way, I think of the actors and the actresses that have that lead such an unhappy, tumultuous life. They have all the money, right? They have they have, they have everything, and they have all the 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 um, yeah. You know, whether whether they, they drive their own fancy cars or they get chauffeured or and they private planes or first class or whatever, then they're not happy. So benzoma is actually spot on. Who's who's happy? Who's wealthy? Someone's happy. If you're happy then then um then you're happy. If you're if your happiness is dependent on outside factors of wealth, prestige, power, social status, um, being invited to the Met, um, or not, you'll never be happy, you'll never be happy, so it's just to look around, and here's the bottom line, I'm healthy, my spouse is healthy, my kids are healthy, and I can make ends meet. Thank you. Wow. I'm, I'm a lucky man. I'm a lucky person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm in the top 1%. And, because, right, you know, you hear about the top 1%, top 1%, top 1%. Well, first of all, we probably are top 1%. I mean, you know, if you want to compare us to those living in, in other, other countries or other continents, those that live in the United States, you and I, um, the fact that we're on Facebook live and we have a computer and I have a camera and, and a and a, uh, a mic I'm definitely in the top one percent but but if you're happy with your lot, um, you're definitely definitely in the top one percent. It's not all about the money right Money's a tool um, you know in, in, in the Torah portion of last week it says that God showed Moses. A coin of fire. He um, showed him this is what the size of the coin. They showed him fire. Why fire? Why don't you just give him a vision? Why fire? It's because money and fire are very similar. Fire can destroy, fire can also weld and fix. Money can help a lot of people, money can destroy. So remember, money's not the answer to happiness. Money money can be an incredibly, incredibly destructive force. I think we've discussed it before that, that a huge percentage of those that win the lottery without earning it, um, they just win the lottery, end up broke, bankrupt, because they never earned it, and they just abused it. Money, money could be a, a terrible force. If you think about people um, uh, parents pass away and the parents have money and they don't have clear instructions or their instructions could be open to interpretation there's usually wars within the family siblings warring 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 the parents don't have money there's nothing to fight about then there's no fights money could be very bad so it's not money does not buy happiness it's not the answer to happiness Happiness has to come from within. Has to be one's attitude that um, that makes one happy. And an extra dollar bill is not going to do it. Having said that, I know I know myself. You know, um, (laughs) and and we probably all go through it. And I bring it up because having said the above, right, is that I have a large payroll here, and when I when I'm struggling to make payroll. Um, I actually get physically nauseous if I'm getting close and I, and I, so, you know, and when you're, when you're physically nauseous, you're not happy, you're unwell. When I do make it, and please God, it should continue, um, it, it is, you know, been blessed that it that it made it, God bless me, and then I feel actually a little bit better and a little bit lighter. So there, there is, there is, we're human, and we just have to ask God to give us an easy, Life with serenity and uh, good quality, with happiness, health, nachas, and um, a little peace of mind. If you enjoyed this class, if you enjoyed this class, you can um, review it slash academy or YouTube or Spotify. Please feel free to share it with us. Money is an absolute responsibility. Stephen is correct. Money. God, once again, is given. If you've got extra money, it's because God gave it to you an escrow to give to others. God didn't give it to you, once again, because he's just enamored with you. He didn't bless you. He blessed you because he trusts you, and that's what we said. Be well and only good things. Go make a lot of money, but more importantly, give a lot of money. And more importantly, be happy.